Yeah, but it was on a cruise ship. They were bad boys for life jackets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so hello and welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show, Lady Wan. Say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. And uh, it's just us two. We've had guests for a while now, Forever. episode after episode, man. And it's just us. I mean, can we still carry a show? Like, I mean, obviously you can carry a show, but like, can we carry a show? This is a movie about a duo. It feels right. Are we pod boys for life? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the movie, we've given it away a lot, but uh, also the title that these people clicked on gave it away. But the movie that we are fixing today is going to be the third in a franchise that started in 1995. This one, the first one, not directed by Michael Bay, but it does return our two stars with outstanding chemistry that is just as strong now as it was in the mid-90s. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, we can only be talking about Bad Boys. And this film, Bad Boys for Life. Trailer. Trailer. I'm going to dance all through it. Mike, we got more time behind us than in front. Man, please. I'm going to be running down criminals till I'm 100. Not me. I'm retiring. What happened to Bad Boys for Life? It's time we be good men. It's Bad Boys for Life. Who the fuck wants to sing that song? Mike, I'm putting you on a new team. You're working with Ammo now. Cap, Ammo is a high school musical boy band with guns. You look great, Grandpa. So you're that guy. There's always one. Right up till there's not. That's what I like, teamwork. I'm the definition of half man, half drugs. Marcus, somebody's trying to kill me. Who wants to kill you? I don't trust a person that don't want to kill him. Hell, put my name up there. Thanks a lot. We got it, Marcus. We appreciate it. But family is the only thing that matters. So I'm not letting you go on a suicide mission alone. One last time. One last time. Bad boy for life. Bad boy for life. <laughs> All right, bad boys for life. Like we said, this is the third one. We were first introduced to the bad boys in 1995. Detectives Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett. Uh, the first one, they had 72 hours to find 100 million worth of heroin before Internal Affairs shut them down. In Bad Boys 2, <laughs> Mike and Marcus had to investigate the flow of ecstasy into Miami, and then they got uh, ran afoul of a dangerous kingpin, and then they basically had to go blow up Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Bad Boys 2 came out eight years after Bad Boys 1, and this one, 17 years, 17 years later. Yeah. The plot of Bad Boys for Life, we'll get into when we get into the plot, but this one... They've been talking about this one since basically since Bad Boys 2 came out. But in June 2008, Michael Bay said that he might direct it. But the greatest obstacle to this one would be the cost since he and Will Smith demand some of the highest salaries in the film industry. This was uh, 2008. So was Will Smith still that big of a star in, in 08? I feel like I need like a refresh on Will Smith's career. 
Well, like in 2007, he got his man's Chinese theater handprints. And then that same year, he was in the movie I Am Legend. Oh, that movie's so good. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. he was a star that year. Uh, Barbara Walters called him one of America's most fascinating people in 2008. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I forgot that that was a whole thing. <laughs> I have for you one of the biggest stars in the world, Will Smith. Come in here, Will Smith. He's got his new movie, Hancock. <laughs> 2008, he was in Hancock, which was a very big movie for him. So, you know, I guess he was doing well. And, but, but I feel like that was the edge of him doing well, right? Because after that, it looks like he didn't do, I don't think, anything that great until he reprised his role as Agent J in Men in Black 3, which was in uh, 2012. Yeah. And I hate that movie. <laughs> and she hates that movie. Yeah. I don't even consider it part of the Men in Black universe. Then, of course, he was doing those <laughs> terrible movies like After Earth. He did this movie Focus with Margot Robbie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So much so, stuff that I saw trailers for that I went, nah. Yeah, <laughs> Including yeah, exactly. this year's Gemini Man. <laughs> Including Gemini Man, which looked like a movie from the 90s. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe 08, he was still he was still a big star, he commanding was. a big salary. And Michael Bay probably commanding a big salary. Uh, I don't know what his salary for this was. It had had to be pretty big. Yeah. Uh, bigger than Martin Lawrence's, don't you think? Oh, Poor Martin. People forget what a massive star Martin Lawrence was in yeah. the 90s, though. Like, like he was just as big as Will Smith. He had he had one of the biggest shows in the world, Martin. Mm-hmm. Martin was huge. And, and and Martin Lawrence had like like all those the stand-up specials at that time. Yeah. He was massive. He was a massive star. He was. This is the um, first time Will Smith has been credited above him in these movies. It was always really? Martin Lawrence first, yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. You know what? And in this one, it's it's mostly Mike Lowry's story. Yeah. Wow. So that's just like a testament to Will Smith's staying power. Mm-hmm. And also like, remember that Martin Lawrence was a massive star uh, when that first movie came out. So so there was there were budget stuff. And then it, you know, year after year, there was somebody hired to write it. And then Martin Lawrence would say that it's in development. And then there'd be a different screenwriter working on it. And then... Lawrence was like, I don't know. And then director Joe Carnahan was actually in, in early talks to write and direct that, which I think would have been great. Uh, he's an outstanding director and writer. But then the movie, the production on it kept on getting pushed. And it, it actually at one point got pushed to avoid competing with Wonder Woman. Uh, and that's also when it got retitled oh. Bad Boys for Life. And then Carnahan left due to scheduling conflicts. Sony took it off their release schedule. Martin Lawrence was like, he doubts that it'll ever get made. And then boom, Will Smith uh, on some Australian breakfast show (laughs) tells the host that the third film is coming real soon. So then, you know, instead of having to pay Michael Bay a whole, whole bunch of money, they got with these two directors... Adil El Arbi and Balil Falah, who are both Belgian film and TV directors, they went to film school together. Their first film project was a short film that they made in 2011. And then they made a couple films, Black, Patser, and those both got positive critical reception. They also directed a Wiz Khalifa music video. Well, it's he's just in it. Uh, it's actually <laughs> the the rappers are Dimitri Vegas and like Mike, but uh, Wiz Khalifa's in it. And here's a funny thing. So they tap these two because their thing is these kind of like gangster, like underground movies. Mm-hmm. So they were tapped for this. They've also been tapped to direct Beverly Hills Cop 4. Ooh. 
So if you have like an aging cop franchise, yeah, you hit up Arby and Falaf. <laughs> Seems like a plan. You know, don't just let your plans fall off, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, in that, that's, that was the worst thing I've ever yeah, said. That's, so, that's um, like bottom 10 for sure. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, so the fourth, so the, and the fourth installment of that is going to have Eddie Murphy as well. So, you know, they're here trying to revive these franchises. So Bad Boys for Life, I want to know, mm-hmm. Lady One. Bad Boys for Life has Bad Boys <laughs> have Bad Boys been part of your life? And I actually want to know both answers. I want to know the real life and the movie. <laughs> Almost not at all. Um. <laughs> In both instances, correct. Oh, oh, lots of nice boys. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, I watched. Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2, I had myself a nice little double feature a couple days before we saw Bad Boys for Life, because I had never seen them, like, ever. What? Well, okay, in 1995, I was not allowed to see that. I was a nine-year-old girl. I was not going to see. Especially, especially the Michael Bay ones. Like, those are, those are rated R. Like, they are. Like, bullets flying through bodies. They're gratuitously violent. They're racist. They're sexist. Yeah. They're all of Michael Bay's, like, unbridled excesses oh it's insane absolutely insane but it was a fantastic double feature to have my by myself <laughs> i enjoyed it all i was like which one did you like better one the or second two? one oh the second one is so much better <laughs> that one's like was critically panned i think no it's fantastic i, I felt really? like every 15 minutes they started playing shaky tail feather in the background and i was just like <laughs> yes like it just wouldn't stop happening and it was cracking me up like it was the musical cue that would not go away this movie will not lag at any point. <laughs> tail feather, chicka chicka tail, like, like every. Just started playing in the background, minutes. and I'm just like, okay, let's do it again. <laughs> so good. All right, so I bet you saw the second one in the theater for sure. Pro- I probably at least saw the second one in the oh, theater. Three? The first one, though, my my parents didn't have any qualms about letting me see rated R movies. Like I remember, I, I think I've told this story on the pod. Like my dad <laughs> let me see like Terminator when I was like ten. <laughs> Like the first Terminator, like maybe like nine. And he's just like, you know, Arnold is punching clean through someone's body with blood dripping. And yeah, it's just, you know, we had very different uh, parents. (laughs) I don't know if I've told this on podcast. So Uh I'm young. I'm like in seventh grade. It's like still that time where your mom, like when you want somebody to sleep over and someone's got to, you have to like drive and get dropped off at someone's house and like all that. Remember? Mm -hmm. So had this friend, his name was Machi. Okay. And Machi was this giant half Italian, half Cuban kid. He was way huge. Cool. And he, yeah, but he was, he was so great. He was pretty funny. So his mom brought him all the way. I'm, I'm giving too much away. I'm, like someone's going to find gonna these two. people are going to track down Machi? Yeah. Someone's going to track down Machi. No. <laughs> Ma- Run, Machi. No. Um. So Machi comes over and I remember my mom's like let's rent movies and we went to the video store you know Mm -hmm. like you did back in the day that was like part of the plan for the evening you arrive and then mom takes you to Blockbuster the movies we got I remember like she picked one out and we picked out something but one of the movies that was picked out was single white female what yeah hold on I need to (laughs) what the fuck was this your mom's choice or was this Machi's choice (laughs) 
It was my mom's. <laughs> I, it, I think it was like her. It was her choice, but like no one said anything. I don't know. It was weird. And I'm like in middle school. I have to be like 12 oh boy. or something like this or something. And this is like an erotic thriller, <laughs> like about women. It's like a, okay, first of all, you have to realize, okay, like the, the erotic thriller isn't such a thing anymore. Right. But like in the 80s and like the 90s yeah. like erotic thrillers were a thing it, they were these like rated R borderline too sexy like mm-hmm. oh you better not get that NC-17 rating let's dial it down a little bit but these were just like <laughs> sexy movies like <laughs> like masquerading as like a thriller I mean this one actually was like pretty decent thriller like it had Jennifer Jason Lee was this psycho who was basically becoming her roommate Bridget Fonda mm-hmm. like even like cutting her hair in that same like red Bridget Fonda style and it was just so it was I don't know but it was like this erotic kind of thing and uh, it was almost like at that moment in life that I started asking myself do I have a good parent? <laughs> Like, that's like a banner moment. Wow. And I remember me and Machi are sitting there and we're both like 12 year old kids. Like we're feeling feelings we're not supposed to feel. (laughs) Like, it's just, it was, it was one of the most awkward sleepovers. I think he went to his bunk. I went to my bunk and (laughs) like, just, I think we were different. I think life was different. Okay. Like just somehow playing with G.I. Joe's just didn't feel it. It didn't cut different. it anymore. It wasn't <laughs> Sleepovers would never be the same. <laughs> he took a really long shower. It was really weird. Before bed, it was like, you're really pruny. It's like <laughs> Oh no. Alright, so um Machi 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 did not expect to get sold out on some random podcast this much later. Machi went home to his mom and was just quiet. And she's like, his mom's like, do you want me to play your favorite kid songs by Rafi? And he's like, play Paul Abdul, mom, and shut up. (laughs) He's like, I'm a man now. Okay, uh, um, so yeah, um, so Bad Boy, I'm sure that I saw them both. I mean, it's, I mean, 95, I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I saw this either at somebody's house or in the theater. I remember liking it. They were two of the biggest stars in the on the planet at that time. Mm-hmm. The second one, I'm sure I saw. They're not movies that I've watched over and over and over, but as soon as I saw that there was going to be another one, I was excited because I wanted to see Martin Lawrence again, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see Will Smith again, and I wanted to see them together again, yeah. because even if the script were not very good and the action was outlandish it was it was them that carried the movie mm-hmm. so i was excited about it mm-hmm. you watched both movies beforehand <laughs> were you excited about a third one yeah absolutely well lady one <laughs> was everybody else excited about it why don't you give us the fresh hot stats <laughs> Everyone was so excited about seeing this movie. (laughs) It opened January 17th, which is a holiday weekend. So it it had a three-day total of $73.4 million in the U.S., plus another $38.6 million overseas. So that's $112 million opening weekend. Doing all right. It's the second highest gross for Martin Luther King weekend behind Ride Along. And it's Sony's highest R-rated opening ever, beating 22 Jump Street. Holy crap. Yeah. 
pretty bonkers. So for comparison, Bad Boys uh, in 1995 opened to like 15 million, which is like 25 million adjusted for inflation. And Bad Boys 2 is 46 million, which is around 64 million adjusted. So this is performing so much better in the opening. And even, you know, the second one was everybody was all excited about. So this is big. It's a huge opening. It's great. It's got them Bad Boys 4. They've already greenlit Bad Boys 4, correct? Yeah. And all of the tweets are like, why didn't they wait to name it Bad Boys for Life for the next one? (laughs) Everyone on Twitter is very angry about this. They're like, why? (laughs) Missed. This one should have been Bad Boys. Don't. Ride or try. What? (laughs) No. T-R-I, no? Yeah, but that's, that's, nobody says try to mean a third. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No. All right, so... So they threw their money down, but what did critics think? What did audiences think? What are them Tom Toms? <laughs> Bad Boys for Life is 76% certified fresh, according to critics, mm. with a 97% popcorn score from audiences. That's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, universally loved. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, the wow. 1995 one is 43% rotten with the audience score of 78%. And then the 2003 one is 23% rotten with a 78% audience score. But critics hate and bang. Whatever. Bad Boys 2 is awesome. <laughs> I love <laughs> that a, movie just... so much. I was cackling out loud watching it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It was so good. It is. It's just like outlandish action. Yeah. At one point, someone throws a gun at a landmine to <laughs> set it off. Like, cool. <laughs> So, before we start fixing stuff, I'm going to give you a quick plot summary. Quick and dirty. We know you don't want to go through the whole thing. Nah. That's why we go to Movie Pooper. Quick and dirty. Detectives Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett are still great friends and partners, but after Marcus becomes a grandfather, he realizes they are too old for all the trouble they have gotten into. While Mike is still enjoying the action, a shooter on a motorcycle then makes an attempt on Mike's life, putting him in critical condition. Marcus officially chooses to retire after praying for Mike's recovery. The perpetrator is Armando Aretas, son of Isabel, a former cartel leader out for revenge against Mike. They kill other men involved in the case against her family, including Captain Howard. This is what pushes Marcus to join Mike in taking the villains down. They must team up with Ammo, a younger team of officers, to catch them. Mike then learns that he is Armando's father, as he was in a relationship with Isabel before she was thrown in jail, since he was undercover investigating their cartel. Isabel has the team face her in Mexico. The team kills her goons before Mike tells Armando he is his son. After Isabel confirms this, she tries to kill Mike, but Armando takes the bullet non-fatally. Ammo leader Rita shoots Isabel, who falls off a ledge into flaming wreckage in a scene that's not CGI at all. (laughs) Armando is arrested, but Mike offers him a chance at redemption. Mike and Marcus also remain good friends and partners. It's a terrible plot summary, but it works because we don't want to get too detailed. We're going to get into the details really soon. All right, so before we just start fixing a movie, yeah. a lot of people work on a movie. A lot of people. Thousands of people work on a movie. Mm-hmm. They work hard, even if the movie's bad. When it's good, bad, anything, lots of people work on it. We're going to give them their due. What is one thing you liked about Bad Boys for Life? Lady Wan, go. This feels like a bad thing to say, but my favorite part of it was just the callbacks. I love a good callback. I loved Marcus still doesn't know the words to Bad Boys. I love that Reggie is still around who took out Marcus's daughter. You're right. None of the callback made me groan. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas something like I watched recently, (laughs) you watch this too. (laughs) 
Jay and Silent Bob reboot. It has a lot of common themes with Bad Boys for Life. Surprise! Every you have a callback kid. was groan-inducing. <laughs> they were terrible. They were awful. And in this one, the callbacks, you're like, on board. You're like, yeah! Oh, I got so excited when Reggie showed up at the hospital, like, that Reggie is what still is around. The, what is the difference, you think, between the Bad Boys for Life callbacks and the ones that were in Jay and Silent Bob reboot? I think the difference is, first of all, waiting 17 years to have another movie. Like, you've waited. So you've you've earned your callbacks. And I think yeah. also the fact that they're callbacks to just things that happened and were funny and were part of the story instead of bits. Like, all of the Jay and Silent Bob callbacks are just terrible bits. Like, they didn't actually serve any purpose at any point. Yeah. But Reggie. Oh, Reggie was the best callback. Yeah. That, like, I got ha- <laughs> so excited. That scene where they try to intimidate Reggie in Bad Boys 2 was probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. Who the fuck are you? I'm Mr. Burnett. I'm Reggie. What you doing here? I came to take out Megan. What? I came to take out Megan. How old are you? I'm 15, Mr. Burnett. Motherfucker, you look 30. When Will, Will Smith is pretending to be someone who's just gotten out of jail. You ever made love to a man? No. You want to? <laughs> it's so good. I rewound it like five times. It cracks me up. Yeah, but like Reggie takes it. Mm-hmm. Reggie's in the military, apparently. He's providing yeah. and serving his country. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Reggie. Thank you for your service. We didn't expect that much from Reggie. I know. <laughs> Look at him now. Well, what did you like about Bad Boys for Life? Oh, this is going to be really easy. I mean, it's... Kind of the cop-out one. No pun intended. Uh, go on. Wow, that fit both. That fit the <laughs> Kevin Smith reference and this and this movie. Anyway, yeah. Oh, my God. That sweet, sweet chemistry. <laughs> because I don't know how into the story I was, but just like with the Michael Bay ones, it's almost like the story doesn't matter that much. You're there because Will Smith and Martin Lawrence together are so engaging. They're so perfect together. I wish they had made more movies together in their prime yeah they just had this franchise yeah and they probably could have been a formidable duo in more stuff but will smith had to go get too big for his britches had to go discover scientology had to have two really bizarre kids (laughs) (laughs) yeah but he has like one like chill normal kid so it's fine does he which one's the chill normal Uh, one the one that he didn't have with jada That's funny. He's got three. I didn't even know. Uh-huh. He had like a son like way before. Yeah. That, and he's that like totally normal. fine. Yeah. But Will Smith is getting the benefits of the Scientology, just like Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. He's not aging. No, not he. At they're, all. they're basically replacing him with clone bodies. Yeah. It's, it's living with myself. It's for sure happening. <laughs> it's living with myself is exactly what this is. Because I still say that Tom Cruise died doing one of his own stunts, but they took out his, his clone, mm-hmm. and that was why he was doing all the weird couch jumping on... On Oprah? He wasn't, like, calibrated yet? <laughs> like... Because it was the childlike clone. <laughs> this, like, makes far too much sense. <laughs> I wonder when Will Smith's clone came out. Probably during that lull. Yeah. That lull between uh, Hancock and Men in Black 3. That was when his clone was, they were getting his clone ready. We're like, we're, we're not making the same mistake we made with Tom Cruise. Yeah. No talk show appearances for a while. We're going to stick you in, in After Earth, and M. Night Shyamalan movie where all you have to do is like whisper and look serious. That's it. <laughs> and the reason why he's got no chemistry with Jaden is he's only kind of Jaden's dad. <laughs> 
like, I feel like you've thought about this so much. <laughs> this makes so much sense. Okay. So that stuff we liked. I just love the chemistry between those two. Yeah. It was so good to have them back. So good. <laughs> but anyway, without further ado, it's time. We got to do it. We are going to fix this movie. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. It's it's a better song than you're making it sound. I don't think I'm making it sound bad. I, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lady Juan, mm-hmm. why don't you lay on us your first bad boy fix? So my first fix just sort of cleans up some reasoning a little bit. I really, really did not care for Marcus making a deal with God to save Mike. It felt super weirdly out of place that he was like, I won't bring any more violence into the world if you save Mike. Like, And then that's his reason why he doesn't want to continue being a cop? Like, Because you made a, a deal? That, it just seemed so weird. He already wanted to retire. The night that Mike gets shot, Marcus is like, I'm done. Like, I'm out. He has a grandson. He's ready to move on. The deal with God, I felt like cheapened his decision to retire and actually made it kind of like voodoo-ish in a way that we didn't really need with all the witch jokes already going on in this movie. Like, we just didn't need to do that. And he didn't really stick to the deal anyway. He was like way too psyched to be firing a Gatling gun out of a sidecar on a motorcycle. (laughs) So I just, I felt like it cheapened his reasoning and... It just kind of went on too long to be like a joke like that. His reason should only be because he wants to be there for his family. And then when the captain gets killed in front of his family, he sees, Marcus sees that he needs to risk his life to come back to the force because he has to protect others. That's his job. And there's other people who who are at risk because this guy's out for revenge. Like he still has a job to do. Yeah. And if he's, and he said he's going to what make, his mom want him to make him suffer and that's why he killed his the the captain yeah like uh, like it seems like marcus would be a natural next target yeah so yeah i felt like if you get rid of the weird deal from deal with god then his reasoning after they get joe pantoliano is less like they got my captain and more about a sense of duty and that way we we could even show like the the ammo team rounding up everybody else who they think is on the hit list and like putting them into protective custody like all right we're going right. to lock everybody That's- else down we're going to take care of this because there's other people still at risk that changes how Marcus has been putting his family before his job and Mike always put his job before his family that like brings them together that's always been a that's always been a constant in the other two movies too that Marcus is the family man and Mike's like the playboy so That brings them together. That emphasizes the arc that Mike's having about becoming a father, kind of. I just think it serves the whole plot better. And we don't need Marcus to be like, no, I made a deal with God. Like, it it went on for so long. It didn't didn't need to be that way. He didn't really do it anyway. I felt like it undercut the actual, like, emotions behind him retiring. After him seeing Mike get shot... And him having a, a grandson and him already deciding to retire. Mm-hmm. It's like, it didn't really need more, did it? No. No, he was already ready to retire. They were having a foot race to decide. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but I, I also think that if, you know, Will Smith hadn't gotten shot, Martin Lawrence would have won that race, though. Yeah? You, you think? 
he's carrying a little more weight than Will Smith. Maybe Martin Lawrence should have made a deal with Scientology to get a clone instead of God. (laughs) (laughs) JC, what's your first fix for bad boys for life? My first fix is deals with uh, something that happened in the very beginning. Uh, So the... I mean, you find out later that it is the son of Mike, but our character of Armando Aretas, the son of Isabel, they break out the mom out of jail mm-hmm. with a really unbelievable breakout scene. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. The, the whole beginning of this movie, the way that they set up the villain is ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. the way that she gets out of jail is she causes a little bit of confusion by stabbing the guard, somehow puts the guard's guard's clothing on in the middle Mm -hmm. of the confusion, gets them to keep fake stabbing her, I guess, takes the guard, puts her in a washing machine, and this is all (laughs) in plain sight of everyone. Like, like it doesn't take forever. And on camera. It's on cameras. It it doesn't take forever for the officers to to get in there. This shit Mm -hmm. is impossible. Like It's bonkers. So I'm just going to let that one go but i can't let the other part go <laughs> which i can't let the other one go though which is just as dumb which is she's like go back and uh with this money reclaim the glory we're rich so armando shows back up in miami not knowing anyone but apparently with some money mm-hmm. and with some fighting skills so like mm-hmm. rich ninja boy shows up <laughs> kills a pretty high up dude, I guess. Yeah. And then everybody else is like, okay, I guess we'll just do, like, I guess we work for you now. I don't think that's the only <laughs> mob boss in Miami. And I'm, no, and, I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that's how that works at all. And I don't think that that one cartel guy probably works for somebody else that that's just going to piss off, who probably has more money than some money that Armando's dad buried. Yeah. It's terrible. So, like, if Armando's going to take back over, have them free the the mom, Isabel, and have her be pulling the strings with Armando. But because Isabel's back, it reunites the cartels that were under her husband, Mm -hmm. and they all decide to give it to Armando. And Armando shows up in Miami, not by himself as a secret ninja, but Mm -hmm. he takes over the Miami drug scene again with Mm. muscle, with actual, you know, people who were loyal to his dad who still live there and Mm. and some people that he brings with him from Mexico. Just he needs an army. One one dude running around on a motorcycle in broad daylight (laughs) with video cameras, filming it, putting it on the, the, the Internet, stabbing one cartel guy and everyone's just going to follow what he's saying. No, it's crazy. No, I am 100% positive that just like the way prison breakouts don't work the way that Isabel got out of prison, (laughs) taking over the Miami drug scene does not take place the way that Armando did it by being really fast with your knife and saying that you're rich. Basically, I don't need anything major here. I just need it to make more sense. I need him to have foot soldiers. I need him to have... You know, firepower that the other ones don't have. Yeah. And I, I, I want him to at least have one main henchman who is the foil for Marcus, too. So, like, when Will's fighting the son at times, you know, Marcus has to take on Armando's friend because Armando's a mirror of Mike. Yeah. So just like Armando's yeah. a mirror of Mike and Mike has a best friend, Marcus, Armando will have that same mirror friend who is like 
Marcus, and I want him to be a giant dude who's fat, <laughs> but really strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Basically the opposite of, of Marcus. If Will Smith is really tall and Armando's kind of short, I want Martin Lawrence, his counterpart, is a giant dude. So I just think <laughs> it would be awesome to have the the mirrors of each other, as well mm-hmm. as having it just make more sense for him to have a larger team and more people to actually pull this off so we're not just scratching our heads about what 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 the hell is going on here yeah totally agree it, the, the fact that he seemed to be a one-man operation was wild like he's riding his motorcycle all around miami like constantly being seen killing people and just i don't know cruising around still Nobody's after him. There's no manhunt after this guy on the black bike. After killing not just cops, but a cartel boss, too. Like, everybody should be out trying to kill this dude. Yeah. And and he's just, like, I don't know, driving around on his bike all day. Like, he's not even trying to not look like the guy everyone's after. (laughs) I know. He's like, oh, you're looking for a guy on a black motorcycle? Cool. I'm going to keep driving it around. Like, he doesn't even have another car. (laughs) Where is he keeping all of his sniper rifles? There's no room on that bike. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Where is his like, sniper rifle? That's true. Lady Wan, mm-hmm. what's your second fix for... That's <laughs> not even what it sounds like. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, what, do you have one? I needed this movie to decide... If Armando being Mike's son was an obvious conclusion or a huge reveal, because it kind of did both and you can't really do both. Mm. So for the sake of things, I'm going to go with an obvious conclusion. And I think Isabel's plan would have made more sense if it was so clearly focused on Mike, because some of those guys that she's taking out that had to do with her her arrest, her husband's arrest, that forensics guy on a yacht, that lawyer, that informant, like Mike doesn't care about those people where she's like, oh, he needs to be last because he needs to suffer. Like he didn't, he didn't even know what these people are working on anymore. (laughs) Like if, if he had known then maybe somebody would have been looking out for them, like they get, it takes several days for these kills to, to start rolling in. Also, it takes him like hacking a computer thing to even make the connection. Yeah, it it didn't seem to be bothering him the way she thought it was going to bother him. <laughs> so I and I think, like I said, that's part of the movie's problem with with wanting the reveal that this is personal with Mike and that they have a kid together. And it's that that's what she was trying to do all along. She kind of wasn't. So I want to take it in the direction where she is being like vindictive. She is mad at Mike for for what he did for you know, if her husband knows he can't have children, like, that that's not going to go over well. They were supposed to run away together. He abandoned her. Like, she is, she, movie pretty well points out that she's cray-cray, but she has a good reason to be mad. Man, bad so boyfriends. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather this movie just went full on, this is a revenge plot for, for Isabel, and I want to be worried about Marcus. Like, I want to be worried about Rita. His ex. Yeah, his ex who's running ammo. Like, she yeah. should be after people he cares about. Like, and it, she's a witch. I'll get you, my pretty. Like, okay, she. this should be personal. This should not be about, oh, well, he was the forensics person who testified in the trial that put me. No, that's not who a witch is after. A witch is after someone's ex-girlfriend. A witch is after someone's best friend. A witch is after someone's mentor. And your little dog, too. <laughs> they didn't lean 
into it hard enough until the end when she got all like super witchy and weird. And I just wanted them to make like, make her focus so much more clear that it was about revenge, that it was about what Mike did and about how he left her. Like, let's go with that. If you made her targets like Marcus and Rita, it puts much more stakes on on their stories. Yeah, yeah, the the stakes are way higher. It, it would put some emotion on the line instead of just like, I don't know, some lawyer walked out of an office building and we watched him get shot and Mike was like, oh, like what? I don't know, it was messy. I wanted it to be focused. What if they targeted Reggie? <gasps> Not Reggie. What if they shot Reggie? I don't know, Reggie's a military man, he can handle himself. They go in and try to kill Reggie and Reggie takes him out. Reggie's like a Navy SEAL. It's fine. That guy Armando sends like some of his goons to go get Reggie and Reggie just (laughs) destroys them in a house. That would actually be the best scene in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's in the shadows in his boxer shorts, just (laughs) taking dudes out. Yes. But his boxers have like Pokemon on it. Squirtle though. JC, what's your second fix for bad boys for life? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny oh. to me every time you're like, what a question. You know, I hadn't <sighs> thought about it, but. All right. So my first fix was at the beginning. My second fix yeah. is at the end. What? Yep. So. That's logical. <laughs> it's so illogical. <laughs> I'll take that out. That's weird. It, it is logical. That's right. <clears throat> Would I say it's racist unless it's Italian? Yeah, it's not racist if it's Italian. It is logical. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Let me see. So this is what I think. So at the end of this movie, mm-hmm. you know, it's a neat action piece, but I think it fails both characters. I think it fails Marcus and Mike. Mm-hmm. Will's whole thing in this movie is he's the rogue cop who doesn't want to play nice with ammo. Mm-hmm. The cop team that uses like technology, nonviolent tactics, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So his whole thing is being hot-headed. He's like old school. Yeah, old school, but old school's not good anymore, you know what I mean? Like shoot first and ask questions later, that's old. And there's like, there's technology now and there are tactics now where we don't have to do that, go in and just start murdering and all this other stuff. So I think the end of the movie uh, Mike is still that. Mm-hmm. When he goes to go to Mexico, he tries to go alone. Yep. So he's essentially rogue still. This mm-hmm. time he's going to go rogue out in Mexico. So to complete Mike's arc, because his rogue tactics are the reason why Captain Howard got killed. Mm-hmm. He needs to learn that lesson that going it alone and being a rogue is not the way to do this anymore. So yeah. at the end of the movie, remember when Ammo shows up and Mike's like, you called him again, didn't you? And Mark is mm-hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> N- no, make it to where Ammo shows up and Marcus is confused and it's Mike that called them. Ooh. Yeah, Mike is learning his lesson. Mike is like, I'm not going to go rogue. Mm-hmm. I need help. Yeah. I'm going to do this with tactics, a plan. Mm-hmm. And that's his that's his art. Learning to be part of a family? Learning to be part of a family. Yeah, exactly. Just like Marcus. Now, at the same time, mm-hmm. Marcus's arc is just blown to shit. And you mentioned this. You, you astutely pointed out that he's like, I made a promise to God and then grabs a machine gun. <laughs> and he's very excited about it. And he's very it. excited to grab a mach- machine gun. <laughs> so... In my fix, I'm going to keep the God thing, although I liked what you did because it is more than what's needed. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep the God thing just for the comedic value of him trying to appeal to people's souls. (laughs) like (laughs) Penetrate their souls. 
with his heart. I got this. I'm gonna penetrate this man's soul with my heart. What? Watch and learn. Sir, I realize that you're scared. You know, sometimes fear. How deep you think you got in his soul? <laughs> so for my ending for Marcus, Mike decides he's going to go to Mexico. Marcus is like, I'm going to. And Marcus is going to be like, it's fine. I'm going to use violence, right? And it's mm-hmm. Mike that's like, no, I'm not going to let you go against your vow. Oh. And Marcus is like, thank you. And they're going to show up. Marcus is there, but he's happy to not cause violence on, on anybody, but he's there to help. <laughs> And then there he is, he's in the, the finale, and there he is squared up with my homeboy from my first fix, the giant fat <laughs> dude is there, mm-hmm. and everyone's down for the count, it's just Marcus, it's just Marcus and this guy, what's he gonna yeah. do? Uh-oh. He actually appeals to his soul. <gasps> yeah, he starts- he penetrates his soul with his heart? He starts talking to the guy, and actually penetrates the guy's heart. Aww. And the guy ends up- <laughs> showing the team a way out of this like burning building they like go through some like underground water things right he shows them a way out of this burning cathedral marcus doesn't have to go against what he's setting up for himself he doesn't have to go back on his vow and Mm -hmm. it stays funny these characters have changed in the course of a movie and i think that that would have been a good ending for these characters uh, giving us something different than in past movies and uh, uh, making sure that these characters have, have true arcs with true payoffs. I like it. It would actually kind of be neat too if they got out of there through like a, a tunnel and then he like uh, inadvertently stepped on something that made the rest of the church blow up. But it's not his fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. Yeah, it's accidental violence. Not his fault. So yeah, you know, without further ado, mm. I would say that we should consider Bad Boys for Life screen fixed. All right, Lady One, do you have a final thought? I do. My final thought is a question Ooh. that I have for this movie. Okay. Where are Carlos and Roberto? Who are they? They were the two cops who are always giving Mike and Mark a shit oh. in the first two movies. They just, they, they always show up at the in their worst moments and they just make fun of them. Like, where were they? They should have been like retired old dudes that still find ways to heckle them. Yeah, they could have been heckling them at Marcus's daughter's wedding. <laughs> Yeah. It would have been great. I miss them. Oh, again. Yeah. You know what? My final thought has to do with another uh, omission. Uh, mm-hmm. Where was Gabby Union? Ugh. But I actually know where Gabby Union is. Do you, you know there's a, a Bad Boys spinoff television program? Say what now? There's a Bad Boys spinoff television program. That's really? been on since last year. Yeah. It's called LA's Finest. I got a plan. Bad Girls? Yep. It centers on uh, Gabby's character from uh, Bad Boys 2. I had no idea. It's Gabby Union and Jessica Alba. This is a real thing? Yeah. This is not fan fiction. No, it's real. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, it's, then why couldn't she have showed up in this movie? Wow. It was renewed for a second season. Great. Yeah, so Gabby's doing this. I don't know why they didn't cross over at least once, but, yeah. you know, hopefully. I'm holding out hope for... Bad Boys uh, 4. Bad Boys 4. Gabby. So... <laughs> Like me some Gabby. You're going to leave that in, right? What? <laughs> We're just like, Gabby. Gabby. <laughs> that was so weird. All right, so. She doesn't age either. No. I need to check and see if she's Scientology. All right, so um, Lady One, uh, yeah? why don't you send us home? I feel like it's been so long, I forgot how. You can reach us here at the show by sending an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com. 
You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ScreenFixPod. And of course, we're on Facebook. Just search for ScreenFixPodcast. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And we would absolutely love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And uh, tell a friend that you've been enjoying it. Yeah. Give us a review. Please. It helps us, man. Didn't we? What about, should we read that one that we got, that last one? Yeah, why don't we read our latest review? Leave us a review like this one. (laughs) You got it? Aw. Go ahead. Do you you see our most recent review? Oh, I do. This guy's great. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Do you want me to read that one? Okay, so here's our most recent review. I really enjoy this podcast. The central conceit of fixing a film is clever, and the hosts have good chemistry, which leads to some lively and entertaining discussions. Give it a listen. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Aw, that's from this year. That's our most recent one. Our last one from last year. This is a, this one's from late 2019, from six. 69 flavor saver (laughs) (laughs) just listen you'll love the content if you're a movie buff okay thank you 69 flavor saver i wish on apple Podcasts i could subscribe to a reviewer because i would love to know what else 69 flavor saver is listening to dm us 69 flavor saver i want to (laughs) know Okay. Oh, we also have a Patreon account. If you want to donate to the show, we might send you some. Go look at the tiers. It helps out, man. A little bit of a will. We'll we'll give you a shout out on here. We will allow you to pick a movie that that you want us to do. We'll even let you pick a a, a classic movie. I don't care. We'll fix anything you want. All right. Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. Why don't we leave everyone with the iconic line from this movie? Is it, we ride together, we die together, bad boys for life it is all right so let's do who, who's gonna be will smith and who's gonna be martin lawrence who's more uh. who's more will smithy and who's more martin lawrence i feel be careful <laughs> <laughs> oh this is a challenging question um well all right let's just base it on who's older all right i i'll i'll be martin lawrence he's a little little older than will smith that is the reason why you would be marcus it's the only reason that's nothing to do with it's the only reason high blood pressure all right here we go (laughs) (laughs) here we go we ride together we die together bad boys for life three two one eye contact make eye contact three two one we We ride ride together together. we We die together together. bad Bad boys boys for life life. now cue the track class pans (laughs) all right let go let go okay fine not really for life all right here we go so you said said. (laughs) okay so all right stay tuned or tune in again next time when we will be fixing another movie i don't know what it's going to be either dr doolittle or the gentleman i don't know go post on facebook what you want something january-ish and yeah pick pick the one you want us to do right tell us don't make us decide everything we do this for you we don't do this we hate this we do this for you (laughs) we don't hate this (laughs) (laughs) okay bye bye everybody
think. Ha. That's why we go to Movie Pooper. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs>